When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to For All Mankind by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. We got a special one tonight, folks. We are doing a doubleheader special, courtesy of a jam-packed holiday schedule that didn't allow us to space out our content, as we usually do. So we got one special for you. We're doing season four, episode three, and episode four, starting... With episode three, the bear hug. Yeah, <laughs> these these are not very kind episodes in terms of us just kind of like having a double header. These were both, I think, very dense. There's so so much that happened. I think that I mean both episodes really just focus on the whole Russia storyline, um, and. I, I, w- I would say a lot of development with uh, with Miles' character. That's th- those for me at least were the uh, were the key points that I I remember when I look back at episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And having literally just watched episode four, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting there. Yeah, I'll say right off the bat, episode three to me is the strongest episode of the season so far, and these two episodes um, are just so connected to each other because of what you said. We have a couple of different storylines that are just kind of bridging between episodes here. The the Russia situation has escalated with Margot, right? So we're seeing how Margot's role is going to come into play here, but there's been a coup that's removed Gorbachev from power. And now Korzhenko, it's, man, it is tough to remember all the names because, you know, For All Mankind is great at a lot of things, um, namely making you care about characters that you've just met, right? Because we mm-hmm. really didn't know uh, Sveta um, very well until these two episodes, right? We saw her in the earlier episodes, of course, but we didn't really get to know her and her connection to Ed and their relationship. We didn't see any of that prior to this. And, you know, you meet all these characters and you grow close to them too. I mean, it gets to a point that I wrote a side note on my notes. I put, you know, generally most people are just good, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you have the one oddball here or there, but it just seems to be the people in power who mess up things for like the innocent people, right? You know, from all the storylines we see, mainly in the Soviet storyline, right? Where you have Margot, who's just a grade A snitch over there trying to save herself. <laughs> She's in complete self-preservation mode. But in the same time while doing her job is through some guy under the bus who hid some important information about those uh, anchor stakes that uh, multiple people were saying look too flimsy for that yeah. asteroid capture program. But we're seeing just a lot of people getting caught in the crossfire, crossfire of just geopolitical um, controversies. 100%. I mean, I, I think, you know, Margot being in self-preservation mode is completely understandable. I mean, she is not a foreign place. Not, I don't know quite how long she's been there, but I mean, I, I, I'd be keeping, you know, an eye out for me, myself, and I as well. Yeah. Well, you have, well, she... Put herself in that situation, right? With Sergey. I mean, yeah. I wrote, I wrote in at my episode three notes that you know she's crying for America at this point because just everything is so backwards in the situation that she finds herself here, which we'll get into in depth. Um, I wanted to say something because I, I find it criminal that I haven't mentioned this in any of our two previous episodes. But okay, does that, does any new character this season uh, strike a familiar tone for you? And I, I don't believe I've mentioned this in episode one or two. I don't think you've mentioned it. No, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at. Does a certain uh, NASA director uh, look similar to a character from a movie you may or may not have seen? Very famous movie. No, it's not ringing a bell. It's does really a, not. Does a certain NASA director <laughs> look, may or may not look identical to a certain house robber 
that once uh, invaded a, a home with a, a boy who was left behind while his parents went on vacation uh, and left him not once, but uh, twice. Are you talking about Home Alone? Yeah. <laughs> the actor who plays Eli Hobson and the director of NASA, Daniel Jacob Stern, he's actually Marv in Home Alone. He is the tall robber with Joe Pesci's character. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I'm 100% serious, which it took me longer than I want to admit to realize that, like well into episode two, where I was like, damn it, I knew this face was familiar and it's him. Just, you know. 30, ah, 40, you're you know, right. Years later, you mm -hmm. are right. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I did that. That did not cross my mind one bit. Yeah, yeah, that blew my mind when I saw it because I don't believe I've seen him in Anything. in much that's <laughs> crossed my mind. You know, nothing that's like to the point where it's been prominent that I like. Hey, it's Marv, but um, but he, he was Marv, right? Which was the name of the other robber? He was Marv. Yeah, he, he was, was Marv. Marv. What was the name of the other robber? Just by curiosity. Joe of Pesci's character. You would, ask, you would ask me that. Oh, uh, you. Uh, who was it? I should know that. Are you not googling it? I am looking. Uh, Harry. 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 Of course, it all rings. It's Christmas season. We we should know who who these people are. Yeah. We we should be watching Home Alone like every other day. Ten points from Gryffindor right there. All right. Well, episode three. We get into that Russia situation because, you know, we ended episode two with Margot getting her glasses stomped on in the middle of her morning, daily morning routine. And she's found herself in the middle of a coup where essentially the counterintelligence KGB is, you know, trying to take out Gorbachev. And this new regime is more closely modeled to the Lenin, you know, Stalin Marxist, era yeah. of, uh, of, of Soviet Russia. Right. To the point yeah. where things boil over between Russians on Happy Valley base with between uh, Sveta and Galkin and um, shit hits the fan. Let's just put it that way. That it does. You know, there, I don't think I've heard anything more terrifying in the show uh, beyond hearing the KGB that watches the KGB. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just so unsettling to me yeah. if I were Margot or anybody over there. It confused me a little bit, but I, I guess the gist of that was it, wasn't it just like, this is the KGB above the KGB? That's right? what it seems like. Because but... do, you, do you know a little bit about like Stalin? I, I think I read like a bio on Stalin like a long time ago. Um, I haven't read the, the bio or anything, but... Go but he it. got to a point of like paranoid, you know... I don't know if he was schizophrenic, but he was like paranoid at, at towards the end where he was just killing all of his officers for like concerned about a coup. Yeah. So like the KGB that watches the KGB is kind of of that same mindset. Like it's like, you know, the dark night, right? Where uh, mm -hmm. each robber is killing the robber who um, to pretty much little by little get rid of all of the um, anybody who could trace it back to the origin, right? Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta clean up loose ends here. You gotta be the only one standing, only man standing. Yeah. Yeah. We also have another storyline that we didn't really mention, but it's Devaessa's uh, return, his redemption, right? Yes. Where you have Kelly and Aleda who are trying to pitch the Smart Seeker project and it's getting turned down by all sorts of private funding. While you got Dev somewhere on this beautiful beach on a beautiful property kind of in his feelings you know he's kind of in his own in his own uh in his own head a little bit yeah. distraught uh or not a little bit a lot of bit distraught about just human nature and, and his purpose probably right which mm -hmm. i wrote side note you know uh karen baldwin's wake you know path of destruction just continues to to wreak havoc right because <laughs> although karen was integral right and you know talented in her own right as a yeah. manager she did root Dev out. She turned the board against him, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. and she became CEO, which ended up being a betrayal when he brought her in, you know? So, um, it's interesting to see that redemption arc where now Kelly is kind of redeeming that relationship that her mother frayed in, in a way. Um, and now Dev, in one of the most badass scenes ever, does take does a hostile takeover oh, of, his old, of his own company, right? It's kind of, you know, I know we've talked about Dev and... This is like two Apple shows in a row where we talk about the Elon Musk character, but Dev is truly the Elon Musk character in um in For All Mankind, where he created this private company that is ahead of NASA in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. 
And um, there he is, like Steve Jobs, who got voted out of his own company from Apple, coming exactly back. what I was thinking. And crapping on on everybody, right? And just name by name, he's, he's almost telling everybody, like, "Yeah, I paid attention to everything while I was gone." You get you didn't out, believe and, me? You're and, fired. Hey, and he's like, "And you, you thought you weren't taken? I saw what you negotiated those subsidies. They were criminal. Get out too, you know." Oh man, you know, you know what that scene really reminded me of? There, I, I don't, I don't know if it's real or not, but like, there's this video that I've seen pop up on like Twitter and or X now and YouTube mm-hmm. every now and then, and it's Elon Musk hopping on like a Zoom call, and he's like, "Uh, yeah." Mario, uh, you're fired. Uh, the next person, uh, you're fired. <laughs> like that's what it reminded me of. I don't. Was that? A, I would love to know if that's a real thing. Hopefully, I, there was. I kind of don't Mario in there. think it's real. Uh, no, I don't think there was a Mario. I don't think it's real, but it's popped up on my feed so many times at this point. I have no idea if it is or not. Um, but it it was funny. I at least I found it pretty funny. It sucks for those people if if uh, if it was real though. Sorry that you got fired. Yeah. Back on Happy Valley, despite having a rough start on Mars with his many souls, as we mentioned in episode one, uh, one of my favorite storylines between these two episodes was Miles beginning to work with Ilya, the Russian smuggler who has his own little speakeasy mm-hmm. in the lower levels of the ship. Yeah, it is a it is a pretty cool speakeasy. But, you know, for a moment... In mm-hmm. these two episodes, I really thought that Miles was turning a new leaf. Or like, <laughs> like he got me for a minute. Like I, I, I saw him, and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much what I expected of him. And then it mm-hmm. looked like he was turning a new leaf for a moment. But I gotta say, we're kind of, we're kind of back to where we started. I, I still think my initial uh, perception of him is uh, proving to be true. I feel like I've been getting hoodwinked by Miles over and over again. Like just when I think, <laughs> oh, I'm right. I'm, I'm going to win this bet that he's not going to ruin everything on Happy Valley. He does something so stupid that uh-huh. I can't comprehend. And then I just write in my notes, seems like Zach is right. Seems like Zach you, is right again. because You never know. The, he's getting pressure from his wife, who's honestly, if I got that call from my wife across- You'd be space, doing the same thing. <laughs> I'd be pissed, huh? I said, you'd probably be doing the same thing. As Miles, like trying to get money back to my wife? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I'm going to say this. I'm reading fine print before I hop on a ship and go to Mars to find out that I'm going to make less than I was making on Earth. Like that surprise is not going to occur for me. Okay. Uh, Now, ladies and gentlemen, pick your spouses wisely because if if your spouse is calling you (laughs) from 200 million miles away to give you shit about the fact that you need more money, Okay. And the, and then Miles starts to earn more money. Okay. And then mm-hmm. she says, Hey, can you get me some more of those rocks? We need to start a new jewelry chain with these Mars rocks. I'm like, am I not doing enough smuggling goods illegally back home, <laughs> making more money? So like, when is enough enough? The, the first call, don't get me wrong. I thought it was warranted. The wife calling and saying like, what the hell were you thinking going to Mars if you yeah. were going to make less than you made here? But then the second call, after the money's already pouring in from the Ilya operation, right? Because this is how this goes, right? You got the good operation that's moving smoothly, and then you got Bozo number one coming in with a bright new idea to expand said operation, which brings in more people, and more people means more complication. And as Ilya said, I agree with Ilya. Whatever's going to occur here with these Mars rocks is going to blow up all of Ilya's operation. Well, you know, it's not just the expanding, it's the elevating of the operation, it's right? The fact like that that's it's what criminal. Miles keeps doing. Well, it, of course it's criminal, but you not only are, are you, you know, scaling up, right? You're also like literally leveling up the yeah. complexity and probably uh, legal issues and whatever else you could think of. Well, the fact uh, that you know, it being this. a smuggling operation, right? You yeah. can't. The more people you have who know about this speakeasy, right? Mm-hmm. The more people you, that know about this smuggling operation, the the higher the chance of it getting completely screwed up. And then if Svetlana mm-hmm. got sent back for you know gently pushing somebody outside of, in Mars, okay, mm-hmm. what is this guy going to go to jail for? Ilya, you know, seriously, and it's taken a business from not only just an import business to now an import export business and not and paying also, Russia back for it too. I'm assuming they want to have their I'm cut. I'm sure there's some taxes or something they're going to want. Let's also not forget about the fact that not only are we now in the export business and we're sending uh, Mars rocks to Earth, which who knows what's on those rocks and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe that'll start some pandemic or something on Earth. I have no idea. Um, but 
I I also just remembered um there's supposed to be a Korean woman that gets smuggled onto Mars. Yeah, at they're, some they're, point, they're right? in the human trafficking business too <laughs> yeah, now. So. Yeah, they've really leveled up here. They're creating Thanks, geopolitical nightmares, right? Because oh you know you got God. an American in business with a Russian, and now they're trying to smuggle a North Korean on the ship. Which I need you to do some quick research for me, please. Though the North Korean is the same one who survived, who was the first one on Mars. No, it's, yeah, it's, that have... that is that is one hundred percent my understanding. Okay, can you get can you look that up and verify that from episode three? Because I was assuming that as the information because. As I'm writing you text messages and saying you were right about Miles as he breaks into the North Korean side of the base, which they explicitly yes. said, do not go in there. Do not press the red button. He goes mm-hmm. in there, takes a thermostat, gets caught taking the thermostat. And luckily for him, he was caught by somebody who needed a favor. Yes. Lee, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but Lee Young Jill, uh, played by C.S. Lee is the same guy. He's the guy that we saw in the previous season. Okay, so he's, he's the, the one Korean that had a good relationship with Danielle and because of the North Koreans acting all prickly now is the one who gave her kind of the cold shoulder earlier in the season. Got it. All mm-hmm. right, it's hard to keep track. There's a lot of characters just moving in and out of the show and it's a lot to keep track of. And I'm I'm just going to say they don't have the easiest names either. Sorry. I mean they're cool. But I'm not good with American English names, so. The Russian names gave me the most difficult time. I thought when Margot was getting interrogated, because they have Kolokov, which is the colonel who came in t- and shot the guy who was interrogating Margot, right? Yeah. And then you got Korshenko, who's now the one who's replaced Gorbachev. And then you got Irina, who's the Hillary Clinton lookalike, or the younger Hillary Clinton lookalike, who is <laughs> uh, the head of, was the KGB head of the Ross Cosmos. There's so many names to keep track of. But I got to say, the show's back in its groove. And not just that, we're just, I'm just going to keep continue saying, getting rid of the Danny Stevens, Jimmy Stevens, Karen Baldwin story was the greatest thing that ever could have been done in the writing room of this show. Yes, I 100% agree. If we still had that carrying on in the season, I honestly... I, I'd still watch the season. I would. I'd still watch it. But I really would not be enjoying it as much as I am right now. I'm so happy that there's something new going on. And again, rest in peace. But, yeah. you know, it, it needed to change. That, I, that was like literally the single worst part of this entire show. I spoke, to someone, I spoke to someone recently who told me, you know, I was really loving the show. But then after, you know, and I loved Karen's character. But then she did the whole Mrs. Robinson thing with, you know, Danny Stevens, and it was just too much. And not even because Danny was younger, but because it was her man's best friend's son. Yeah. It was her son's best friend. It's like, it's so grimy that it's hard to like, when a hero character does something that is so against their character, it's very difficult. But then again, maybe For All Mankind is trying to traverse those lines of making you feel uncomfortable and making you feel these things about characters. But I got to say, I, I would assume most people agree that the Karen Baldwin storyline is, is, um, is not missed, for yeah, lack of I, a better word. I would really hope so. I really hope that it's, it's not missed because it, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. It did really kind of take me out of the show. It was my least favorite parts of of that season, at the very least. Um, I just I don't have anything kind to say about it. I really don't. Yeah. Continuing onward here, there is a mystery that continues with Danny Stevens' fate. Nobody has said it yet completely, and it's what on earth happened to Danny Stevens. You know, you have this altercation between Ed and Danielle, which has been heading for a collision course for a while now, right? And they both sort of say things that are true about each of them, right? I think what Ed said about Danielle is true about Danielle, and I think what Danielle said about Ed is also true. And this all has really come to a head because the situation that occurred in episode four with, I understand uh, Svet, man, it's it's so hard for me to understand. Is it Svetlana? Is it even Svetlana or is it Sveta? It's 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 spelled as Svetlana uh, Zakharova. Okay, so it's Svetlana. That's easier for me to say than Sveta. 
But anyways, she pushes this guy who was a douchebag, who pretty much called her a traitor to the country. Mm-hmm. I think that warrants a push. Unfortunately, in Mars, a push can be fatal. And uh, <laughs> the guy, you know, cuts open his suit. Well-deserved. I got to say, I was applauding her pushing this guy down. Unfortunately, yeah. there's just she's probably just too honorable. And she probably wrote in the report, hey, uh, I pushed this guy and he fell. Yeah. But she did save I, his ass. She could have let him die. Yeah, she she definitely could have let him die. I mean, it clearly was not intentional. I was I was rather surprised oh, was by the fact. Well, the push was intentional. She didn't mean to like almost kill him. That's not at all what, no, I what agree. she meant I to agree. do. Yeah. Um, so like I, I found the reaction from Russia to be a little surprising. However, mm-hmm. then we find out that he's actually related to the people that are now in charge in some way. So. Mm. Which I love how Russia on, on the line with Eli Hobson Arena says, that's American propaganda that he's connected, that his family is connected to the inner circle. And then immediately in her meeting says, the Americans have conceded and the nephew of somebody very close to the organization has <laughs> been saved, you know, has, has been uh, accounted for. So it's like one thing to one, one thing to another, which at mm-hmm. the end of the day, if you think about Arena's position, that India solution that uh, Eli came up with was brilliant for all parties, right? Because you have her who's just trying to appease her boss. You got Eli yeah. trying to appease his boss, Al Gore, who ripped him a new one, which we saw a new side of Eli screaming at his uh, stationary bike, which seemed to have struck a chord with you. Uh, what did you think about the 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 peek into maybe the true nature of Eli Hobson? Oh, I loved it. I mean... It- <laughs> The entire time that we've seen him, I don't actually think I've said this, but I mean, he just seems like somebody who, I mean, you've you've probably met the people who are really, really reserved, but then once they're behind closed doors, they get really, really, like they have an attitude problem, they kind of go off the hinges. Um, That's kind of what he seemed like to me. So, I liked the little sneak peek of it, Um, but I mean, his (laughs) wife did come in and kind of calm him down, so I like that. I don't know. Like this, I, I this guy a, seems really chill in like high pressure uh, situations. He does. he does, and I have a tendency sometimes of writing notes, predicting like as I'm watching a scene, I'll just write what's going to happen before it happens. Yeah. If I really think that the the direction is is pretty obvious, you know. Uh, for example, when Miles and Samantha almost kiss in the in the rover, yeah, I just wrote like oh potential affair you know before they the look in the eye i was like oh it's setting up for a fair mode which <laughs> i saw kind of like an episode or two ago i mean you yeah. know you, you got miles good looking dude you got samantha good looking girl 200 million miles away from earth yeah doesn't seem to be any competition in that in that kind of room with miles mm, you know some drinks at Ilya's, walking back to the bunk one night bada bing bada boom you got a mars yeah. baby yeah, it, you know, it was really funny. My, so, my, my wife watched a little bit of the first episode with me and then mm. she, was, she was walking by uh, today. Actually, was, I was watching this, this last episode, episode four. And she's like, isn't, isn't he married on earth? I'm like, yeah. It's like, they like each other. I'm like, well, I mean, they're friends right now. They're really just bunk mates. Nah, they like, yeah. And then like two, was, and then like two seconds later, there was like that really like intimate stare while they were, <laughs> they were in the yeah, rover together. She, and I'm she, like... Well, now they do. <laughs> no, it was spot on assessment on her part. Oh, it was, it, it also was doesn't phenomenal. help that every message Miles opens up goes from two darling cute messages from his daughters and his wife like, we need more money. More <laughs> money. More money, Miles. Oh, man. Good Lord. I, look, I get, I get Miles' motivation. I mean, oh, you're me in, a, you're yeah, in a really crappy situation. First of all, on Earth, you yeah. leave, literally leave Earth to go to freaking Mars because you yeah. think that that's going to make you enough money to help you recover your relationship with your wife. Then you make less money than you did on Earth. Like, I get the motivation uh, and his reasoning for wanting to, you know, get involved with the speakeasy and, you know, try and make as much money as possible. I'd, like, honestly, I'd probably be doing that too if I was in his shoes. But like you, I would have read the fine print um, just yeah. like I do when I sign up for social applications, though you make fun of me for that. Um, well, that's a little different. <laughs> no, but like I, I, I do get it. But man, like his wife, she she's getting the taste of it. Like she 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 she's likes the taste of money. She's like she oh, this is money. this is good. Yeah, like I don't I don't know why. Like I don't know why I had this feeling. And 
I'm ashamed to say it's been so long since I've seen Breaking Bad. I don't know if this was in- You're getting uh, Skylar vibes. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was feeling. It's huh. not a bad reference right there. Thank you. I was, I was a little nervous in saying that because I could not remember for the life of me if that actually happened, but I just like, it was in my gut. I feel like it Where's did. Where's the money, Skylar? <laughs> I gave it to Ted. <laughs> Oh man, um, I, I you deviate, you diverted what I was going to say. I thought I wrote in my notes, and I was wrong. Thank God. Uh, when Eli snapped at his, uh, you know, not really a Peloton, <laughs> I said he's gonna have a heart attack. Like he's this yeah. is what's gonna happen. He's gonna have a heart attack, and then Aleda is gonna be left with a a crisis where they're gonna want her to be the director of NASA or some crap <laughs> like that. You know, something like that. I thought that was gonna happen, but it turns out that uh, he just needed a little. Uh, gentle guiding from his wife who uh, pretty much roasted him before encouraging him. She was like, literally, listen, like you smell like crap, you know, you got hemorrhoids. hemorrhoids. (laughs) You can't sit, you can't sit your ass down on a chair because your hemorrhoids are flaring. Uh, She said some other nasty things, which he was like, are are you trying to encourage me right now? (laughs) Because I just, Al Gore just ripped me a new asshole (laughs) and here you are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tough love man tough love what, what'd you think of the al gore uh, appearance on the phone i wonder what al gore thinks about you know al gore's appearance in this show i don't know what al gore thinks about al gore's appearance i don't know anything about al gore other than the fact that he almost won there was like a really really close like tie in yeah 500 something uh, votes yeah. yeah yeah so i don't i don't know much i can't judge his appearance based off of anything uh however in the show itself for somebody such a uh high pressure situation like you know i guess being the president of the u.s he does seem really uh really calm and chill like he's got like a lot of confidence in uh in this guy to fix things yeah i for one uh want to just commend him for his handling of the elian gonzalez situation i thought it really tilted his election in favor (laughs) clearly Uh, yeah yeah yeah. uh i thought it was a good look i like how this show is making you like every character at this point like i can't name a character who i absolutely dislike i would say margo might be like my character that i dislike the most in this series mm-hmm. um because i've never felt um i've never felt like when i watch margo on screen even though i even i like her storyline i think it's very interesting i've yeah. just never personally rooted strongly for her character especially when i saw her take this turn to this kind of seclusive hermit yeah. um who never leaves work you know I didn't like that for her. I liked I liked seeing the Margot who would perform at the bar, like randomly doing jazz performances on the piano. Like I liked seeing more of that Margot. I didn't like seeing the Margot who, you know, has an unpleasant, you know, kind of outlook on life, you know, where she's kind of just allowed that Sergey relationship to just completely derail her her life. Entire yeah. life. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, I'm I kinda agree with you. I've never been on the Margot train. Like I've, I've never been that like invested into her character. Um, but you know, out of out of this entire, aside from Miles, because um, I, I just find him generally very interesting. I think the yeah, one Ma- person Miles is good, right? We all agree yeah. that Miles is like a winner of the season so far. Oh yeah, I, like yeah. he he steals it. Like I I'm I'm very happy with with him being on the show. Mm-hmm. The one character however that does tend to get on my nerves quite a bit from time to time even though i love him is ed <gasps> i know it's like blasphemous saying that but ed elena is probably like my number two uh in, in terms of just like she gets on my nerves every now and then but i forgive all but ed baldwin slander bro <laughs> man ed, not- ed like I, I, I like Ed. I just want him to kind of like grow up a little bit, you know, like modernize his thinking in some ways. <laughs> like he, or, or, okay, let me say this. Are you he Danielle? Really, he, You're Danielle. Danielle. You're Danielle. I agree, I agree with Danielle in the situation though, right? Like I, like I do think that Ed lets himself become very blind to we people that he cares let's, about. Like, let's sit let's, here let's, for let's think about this. Let's, let's think about this. Yeah, in the yeah. previous season, yeah. when... Uh, I mean, look, the reason so many people died on Mars was because Ed let Danny come. That's why. He shouldn't have been. Danny should not have been there. Ed also didn't have all the information that Danny had slept with his wife. 
So let's That's also true. let's also say that if Ed had had that information, if Ed had also known that he was abusing drugs, <laughs> I you think know, he knew he was abusing drugs. Like that was pretty clear. Yeah, but that was I, the whole but I, reason but there I was think, a concern. But I think he well, he found out that Danny was n- being negligent on duty later. But I think he just drew that up to his father, Gordo, and maybe this guy, he's just enjoying a little bit too much of, mm. you know, drink and whatever else, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he, you can understand Ed's perspective there of, hey, this kid's parents both died in space. Yeah. Okay. I'm the, partly the reason for the reason his father got back into space after being, you know, getting fat and... Having yeah. this whole thing, which was a fun, that was a fun storyline. That line, was, it was a fun you know, storyline. Get back in shape. R.I.P. Gordo Stevens, Tracy Stevens, much better than their children. My favorite um, characters. Yeah, they were awesome. They were awesome. So, you can see Ed's perspective there. But I said this earlier in the episode. That's why, I, you know, I don't want to sit here for a second. Okay. Danielle has had some choice words about Ed when Ed's not in the room. Okay. Yeah. We haven't really seen Ed talk crap about Danielle when she's not in the room. He seems to be, the one thing with Ed is he's a straight shooter. He's going to tell you to your face what you think, and he's not going to go and say it to someone else. He's going to tell you straight to your face, okay? Which is nice. What he said about Danielle, actually, let's start with what Danielle said about Ed. What Danielle said about Ed is spot on. He has a blind Mm -hmm. spot for those he's close to, and he makes exceptions for those he's close to. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, okay? In In the times that it's good, Kuz died, okay? In the times that it's, I mean, in the time that it's bad. Kuz died. You know what I mean? And the time that it's bad, Danny Stevens comes on board and who knows what the hell happened to Danny Stevens. I think he killed himself, but I they won't say himself. it. They won't say what happened, but I, I believe yeah. he probably killed himself. Um, in the times that it's good, it's, it, that it's good. He has Danielle. I, like he, he fought for certain people to be with him in certain situations, I believe, right? So, mm-hmm. but what he said about Danielle is also true. She it's likes true. to appease her higher ups to a point where she kind of disregards uh, the implications of other things, you know? But Danielle's acting stupid the whole time until after she says, you know, I know what's going on with you and Sveta, then say that straight up. But, you know, don't act like you're oblivious to the fact that you're sending his lover, right? To, mm-hmm. do, you don't know what's going to happen if you send her to, the, to this new regime in the Soviet Union. You don't know if she's going to die. I so think she's going to die. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, that's a very serious uh, decision, you know? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Anyways, any 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 final words on your Ed no. Baldwin slander? No, dude, I love Ed Baldwin. I just like I want him to. If he wouldn't be so blind to some of these things and just like tur- like literally turn a blind eye, like uh, there'd be a lot less dead people. I'll just, I'll leave it at name that. name them name them name all the the I'm not I'm gonna there's put you so the spot many here. I can't exactly because you got none <laughs> you've you got, got none that you got can put Danny out Danny to start with are right? you gonna Danny. blame you're gonna blame Danny Stevens death or maybe death on Ed Baldwin I I think it's you're I think crazy. it's a possibility I think you're it's crazy. a possibility you're I could crazy. do that no man look there's a lot of people that were on Mars that died because of Danny Stevens Danny Stevens is only there because Ed brought him and let him come so. That's that's all I'll say. I'll still love yes. it. Danielle, he, he, Danielle he was right about assessing Danny is not ready. I yes. 100% agree with that. I just don't think that Ed had all the information to make okay. that decision. All right. But then let's take this uh, Svetlana uh, situation here. He Ed is being so blind to what's going... Like, first of all, we knew at the beginning of this season that he was being very blind to the feelings of the people up top. And the people down below. Agreed, agreed. And this just like, he's very insensitive and not observant of his surroundings. Like that is the big problem there. So like, like this, like, yeah, I get his point and his perspective, especially because he likes her. But man, you got to think about the group here. You got to think about the impact of this narrative that keeps getting pushed here. I'll go a step further. He's putting, 
lots of things in danger with his shaking hand, right? That too. To the point where yeah. he has Sveta do the docking procedure earlier in this episode, not really to give her the chance, but more so because his hands are not steady enough to do a procedure like that. Yeah. So, that's going to be exposed because the next person coming in, he's not going to be tight with like that. Who's going to keep that secret? No. And who knows when that next person's going to get here? Like oh, maybe, no, he's, maybe he's got to do something highly tactical. No, it'll probably can't. be immediate and he'll probably have to admit it or he'll fail. I think Ed Baldwin's the type to fail before he m- m- brings it up. Similar to kind of that I, Russian guy. I but, agree. Um, I completely agree. Semenov who got in trouble for hiding stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Ed having a secret pot stash in the in the greenhouse? Which I'm I'm shocked nobody's caught a whiff of. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you've got like no ventilation. I mean, maybe you got air filters, but that stuff yeah. stinks. Um, yeah, and Wayne is uh, Molly Cobb's husband. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. He's with got the, the hookup. He's yeah, got the Wayne, hookup. Wayne Cobb, he gave him the, the seeds and he says the plants just took off. Because Ed Baldwin smoking pot, I would have never guessed that in a million years. You know, I, I don't think I was too surprised though when it happened. Like the no, moment he was like, yeah, come, yeah. Uh, come, come up to my, uh, my whatever it was. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, here's some, here's some weed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me tell you, Ed's got a really, like, I can see why he never comes back to earth. Like he rules the ship. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a hero on the ship for the most part. Okay. He's got really cozy quarters. He's got his own little greenhouse there. Yeah. You know, he's got whatever he wants. Uh, he's got spaghetti every day, you know, Ed and his spaghetti. Gotta love so, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, Ed's, Ed is set. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I get why he kind of doesn't want to come home. I mean, like this is his favorite thing in the world is being in outer space and, you know, working right like he's kind of a workaholic in some senses but um man he's gotta go home like it's gonna happen it is it's gonna happen in the season he's gonna come back to earth sorry i don't think he's gonna be the president not with the the shakes or whatever he's got going on here no well you never know certain world leaders have been known to uh you know stumble downstairs in, in lots of scenarios. Stumble so. upstairs three times in a row. So, so yeah, like if Ed, like if Ed gets a little shaky, I've seen, we've seen worse, but um, so Sveta gets sent home on this very walk of shame type of walk. Even Danielle gives her like a kind of dirty look. I'm glad Ed kind of shoulder bumps uh, Danielle on the way out. Kind of reminded me when uh, when LeBron James came to the Miami Heat like years ago. Yeah. Uh, the first year, there was a little bit of like uh, controversy that he wanted the head coach, Eric Spolstra, um, fired and he wanted Pat Riley to take over, who's a legend. He was my fa- he's my favorite sports figure of all time. Mm. And Riley said like, like, pretty much don't ever do this again. Don't ever come to my office again. Like asking for this. That's what I heard. I've read a report about something like that. Uh, I don't okay. know if it's I don't know if it's true or not, but one of the altercations that occurred was there was a timeout and LeBron walked past Spo, kind of shoulder bumped him, and then they all denied it, like, "Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't notice." Ed noticed though; he noticed that shoulder bump. He definitely bumped her on the way out. I think they recovered because I think that their high Bob, you know, relationship yeah. is too strong to be severed with this, unless Sveta gets killed or something like that. In which case, I think uh, everything's out the window. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like their friendship in the end will prevail. I I think they will. Uh, I think they're still gonna be friends, regardless yeah. of what happens. I I know I said she's gonna die. I don't know that she's really gonna die. Like I I don't think they're gonna kill her off right away. Not after they built that connection, um, with Ed and Svetlana. Realistically, though, I I don't believe that the way that this new regime is acting in Russia, I do not believe that they, like if we're going to be unrealistic, then let's have an optimistic turn on the show. Okay. But realistically, if I had to say like, if this is how it's playing out in real life, I don't think that a regime like that would ever, ever be warm towards the West or cooperate with the West in any way. And which makes Happy Valley all the more complicated in the way that they've done this partnership, right? 
Because the yeah. moment there's any sort of geopolitical tension, you got the Russians changing the language on the freaking <laughs> modules, you know? So, uh, and then you got the North Koreans who don't, who don't let anybody inside of their their little pocket. So, it, Happy Valley seems doomed for failure unless this show just really wants to go down an optimic, optimistic path towards um, global cooperation, which in order to get that, you would need every single one of them to have yeah. a mutual um mutual benefit or a mutual incentive that requires them right whether it's saving their yeah. own citizens or the asteroid capture program that could be lucrative for all of the countries involved in the M7 alliance yeah you know i don't really think that we're going to take a positive turn here or like a positive outlook on like the entire world at like i, I feel like every every time we take a step forward we're taking like a couple steps back like the, the the whole situation in Happy Valley is extremely complicated. Um, I'm not surprised that it that it's you know not going well. It almost makes you wonder like you know what the real point of having Happy Valley is. Like why not just let everybody like build their own outposts out there? You know you, you do what you want to do, just stay away. I mean I guess we kind of did that on the moon uh, in a well a couple seasons ago. And Look, I I think what occurs here. I think okay. I think the opposite. I think this show, the purpose of this show is to show the importance of mankind reaching for the stars. That is the purpose of For All Mankind. And I think part of the the show's feeling is that if we had never stopped that reaching for the stars, that we would be in a more advanced place, not just technologically, but in terms of our geopolitical alliances, we'd be in a much more communicative stance because we'd be cooperating with each other to expand not just a country's interest, but a actual planet's interest. All right. So I think that's part of it. Um, and I think that the way that the show would like to end is that at the end of it, you got the world working with each other more than ever before. There's never going to be perfect, but if anything's ever been true, it's that at the end of the day, we all put our differences aside to advance humankind, not Russia kind, not America kind, not North Korea kind, all these things. So I think that of at the end of the show, when whatever whatever the last season, whatever the last episode is, it will be about yes, humans are not perfect. Yes, we're we're brilliant and we're evil, and we'll have all sorts of tendencies that conflict with each other. Right mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, when you get some decent people in a room who are all going for the same goal, that's what they want. They want the optimistic outlook that it can be possible. Otherwise, you know what was the legacy of the show? Yeah. It would be nice. It would be nice if it happened. It's it with having your ties to Earth. It's just so complicated because as long as there's like competition, I mean we're all, we're not all going to be working together. So I mean, like I feel like we're going to have to carry this much farther into the future. We're going to have to have something that is way bigger than humanity come into play here to bring everybody together. Now that would be a really interesting ending to the show. Um, I don't know. Maybe that sets us up for Star Trek or something well, like that. Well, yeah, we did have be the, interesting. We did have the emailer write in about that. You know, whether that's aliens, but I would argue that comp- co- competition is necessary for innovation. That you need, uh, you need these countries stacking up against each other, right? If you have one one country pulling all all the weight and getting all the credit for something, that mm-hmm. you know the other countries naturally need to get a little competitive and also start. And I think that you see that on this show with. You know, yes. What was it? Russia got to the moon first, right? And then all the Americans are like, all right, well, we got to get the base on the moon first. And then the Russians send a woman up there like, all right, well, we got to get, you know, a whole team of women up there. You know, like it's yeah. all sorts of things. And then North Koreans get to Mars first, which is ridiculous. But nonetheless, <laughs> they get to Mars first, whether it's accidental or not. Um, and I think that competition, although it breeds this kind of conflict, it also breeds this innovation that yeah. you see as well. It's it is I completely agree. It's 100% necessary for innovation. Like that's what really pushes us forward. Like I just if there's going to be this competition, I just I see that as as a blocker in some ways for us all coming to like unite as one. Right? Until until the very last episode of the very last season where Ed is 137 years old and he's on a radio <laughs> and he gets a signal from an alien outpost. And that's the end of For All Mankind. Maybe, maybe Ed will like fly into a black hole and <laughs> just like, like reverse an age. Yeah. 
<laughs> That'd be something else. By the way, speaking of Matthew McConaughey, because uh, we had that Miles scene earlier in the season when he's looking through all of his uh, home videos and his daughter's messages. I don't think yeah. I don't think he'd be as susceptible to having an affair on this ship if he wasn't feeling that pressure from home. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't help. Anyways, yeah, no, I agree. Let's continue onward here. You know, I have the odd sense that when Galkin, the the man who the Russian that Sveta pushed and he cut his arm open, when he wakes up and finds out that she's been pretty much deported from the mm-hmm. ship to stand before a tribunal. That he's going to be the one who saves her. He's going to be like, listen, she saved my ass. I said some out-of-pocket stuff to her. Let's not do this. You drop the Chargers, send her back to Mars. You know, Russia United. I don't know. Maybe he becomes president or something of Russia. But, president uh, of Russia. You know what I mean? So, I, I think yeah. that that's very um, likely to happen. Hopefully for her case, right? Because yeah, I liked what I saw between her and Ed. Well, we're assuming that he pulls through, right? Yeah, he's going like, to pull through. If he's not I, dead I, right now, he'll pull through. Her her outcome is going to depend on whether or not he lives or not. At least that's the way that I'm looking at this. Like, mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. if if he dies, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't... Yeah, maybe, I mean, you could be right. Maybe he will put his neck out there for her. You know what's crazy to me is that that little push cracked his suit open, like it cut his suit open. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Miles is using like a a two thousand like a nineteen thirteen yeah, astronaut suit model, falls from a mountain, slides all the way down on jagged rocks probably the entire way, then falls yep. about twenty five feet into a hole with rocks all around him and not even a crack on his uh, on his helmet. Yet somehow he cut his arm open on the inside. Yeah. On the maybe maybe these older models were more durable because it looked so inflexible that yeah. maybe that's one of the pros of it. Despite the cons being that you you walk around like Bubble Boy, <laughs> just constantly got your arms out to the yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what a great suit! I it's kind of cool that they've got those things lying around though that you can just hop in every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, what'd you say? Nineteen sixteen version of the suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I mean, I you just knew, all right, which by the way, brilliant idea. Like I really like the idea of exporting these rocks from Mars for the jewelry, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. whole new trade that Miles has uncovered, right? Yeah. Uh that On is a black market. That's a brilliant, but that's a brilliant business model. You know, we're gonna export rocks from Mars. They're gonna be highly rare, and we're gonna get paid a lot of money for these rocks so that you can make your jewelry with them. Um, pretty brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like export, I feel like the export business though is so much more risky than the import business here. Is it? I think the export's easier than the import. I don't, I don't mean like logistically complicated. I just mean like, okay. You you imported some cigarettes to Mars. What are you going to do? Right? But if you're sending rocks from a foreign place that may have foreign contaminant and you have no idea what's in it, truly, <laughs> or on it. You wipe out the planet? I mean, yeah. You wipe like, out you the planet like, with like some Mars bacteria? Hey, babe, here's a, here's a rock I, I picked up for you from Mars. You just literally murder the entire Earth. <laughs> I guess you'd win your bet if that was... Actually, no, technically, I'd win the bet in that one, right? Because Mars would be okay, but Earth would be decimated with a contagion that Miles oh, brought back because he was trying to make 5K off of some Mars rocks. Yeah. What a life. So, yeah, that, that's why I think the export business is a lot more dangerous than the import I'm just saying, for me, it's like, if you can get the rocks, fantastic. If you don't, like, hey, we don't take orders, all right? If we have the rocks, we have them. If we don't, we don't. But we're not fulfilling orders. We're not doing any of that stuff on on it. When we get the rocks, we go to the jewelers and we do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Do you do that a couple of times? You got a lot of money. Bag full of rocks? 100K yeah. a bag? I don't know. How much do you think that uh, those earrings are going to sell for? I mean, if the jeweler bought that tiny little rock for five grand. I'm assuming you're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars here with this Mars program. The only thing is, is how do you, how do you, they have no way of actually verifying these are real rocks. Like, you know, a diamond, 
You mm-hmm. can check if it's real. You can't check if this Mars rock is legit. Well, maybe uh, maybe Kelly and Aleda can. You never know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but... she she's always obsessed with looking for life and yeah, but just where it shouldn't just, exist. But just because they can walk up to Dev Ayesa's house doesn't mean that Miles can walk up to their house. He doesn't have no. those connects. No, of course not. I, I wasn't yeah. expecting Miles to. Yeah. I was just thinking about who could validate that these were actually from Mars. Also, I feel like that rock would have been priceless, not just worth five grand. I mean, yeah, there's but it's, literally one of its kind. There is nothing else at this point. Yeah, I agree. She, you know, for, for value, her being man. so tight on money, she was really not good at negotiating the price of that rock. And also, she sold her daughter's rock, I think. I hope <laughs> yeah. she didn't. You know, I hope she oh, didn't she did. sell that one. That's messed she, up. Of course she did. That, that, that's all that was sent. It was that's, her rock. That's she was holding up. it. It was her that's rock. That's so messed up. This is the one thing from her dad from it's freaking so Mars, up. 200 that's million miles so... away. And you're like, yeah, five grand. Just think about that. I, just you know. think about that because I know, you know, if there is anybody who's listening to this episode that's like, oh, Mario's being really harsh on Miles' wife, you know, you know, she has all the pressure of taking care of the kids back at home. He just sent this rock. And the value that she placed on this heirloom that her that the father sent to his daughter. She the price she put on it was five k. A priceless heirloom. It is. It's the first it's one of rock. a kind. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. That's yeah. And you're gonna just sell it? How about like, hey, we'll get you the next one. But I don't. I don't think it was confirmed that she did sell it. So I'm gonna she give you the. It. I swear no, she sold it. They said it that they grand. offered. She, got five grand. she said that they offered five grand for it. But then she asked for more rocks. <laughs> so then we could get you. Oh, true. I like. Right. I, I don't. I don't think there's a reality where she didn't sell it. Like I like whether she outright said she did or not. She sold the rocks. <laughs> Maybe even though she had probably like sixty grand in the bank at this point with his smuggling, with his smuggling business going on. Yeah, who knows? Who knows how much debt they're in? But all right, where do we go from here? Sveta's being sent back. Danielle has you know frayed her relationship with Ed by not listening to him, although she was in a very difficult situation in the first place. You got Aleda and Kelly with Dev who are now taking over Helios and are going to start the Mars secret program. And you got this Russia Margot situation where she's essentially the shadow director of Roscosmos. Yeah, I mean, it sure seems that way. She's the brightest person in that place. I mean, at least that's the way that they uh, that they make it seem so. I imagine that you know. Well, I was uh, let, me, let me say this. I was wondering if she was going to kind of like move her way up the ranks and become the director over there. I don't see that happening. Um, no, not at all. I, I just to keep a secret. I I feel like she's going to make so many enemies where she is. Like she, she's going to be so isolated because now when she shows up people over there, it's not just like showing up somebody over here where where you get a promotion over there. It's like, okay, the KGB took them. It's like, all right, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're not going to have any friends. Yeah. I love how Irina's like making fun of Semenov who she sent off to God knows where. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, Everyone here is looking over their shoulder. They're scared. They're scared to pretty much act. You're different. I'm like, I wonder what makes Margot different. Could it be she's, yeah, a, really? she's American? Could it be <laughs> that she doesn't have to worry about being sent to a freaking work camp for 10 years as they threatened her with earlier in the episode? But Or is just fairly ignorant to that being the fact. Like she just doesn't seem to understand quite yet that they know everything. Yeah. All right, let's round out this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our kind of high-level sum-up episode of season four, episodes three and four. Looking forward to episode five next week. And we hope you're enjoying not just our For All Mankind coverage, but also our Monarch Legacy of Monsters coverage. We dropped a new episode last night, and we got the rest of the season coming your way, as well as... My coverage I'm doing on Tuesday nights for Hard Knocks, Miami Dolphins edition. So if you want to join us there, it is not a sports show. Okay, y'all? It is not a fantasy football show. (laughs) We had a couple commenters who, uh, I'm not even going to give it any air, but it's not meant to be a show that we get heavy heavy into statistics and sports uh, nerd talk or anything like that, which I do thoroughly enjoy that myself. But it's more about 
the psychology of the team and the journey of the team as a Dolphins fan and overall just a football fan. So uh, if you want to check that out in your sports fan, which according to our Spotify wrapped, many of you out there are. So check it out. Categories? Yeah, I do have some categories actually. Let's start with uh, favorite character of episode three. Three. Uh, Devaesa for me. Okay, I almost picked him, but I knew you'd pick him, so I picked Miles for episode three. I think Miles, you know, was I, I really liked watching, you know, his journey. His, you know, he became a you smuggler. Liked, you liked his three. North, you liked his North Korean. Uh, yeah, that mission. was that was pretty ballsy. That was super ballsy. <laughs> uh, for a thermostat or whatever, mm-hmm. great stuff. Uh, favorite scene from episode three. It was the Ilya orientation of how to be a smuggler. I thought that was the best scene in mm. the uh, in the episode for sure. My favorite scene in the episode was Devaisa taking over. Oh yeah, yeah. That All was right. Great. All right. That that was, it's maybe it two, but but I I like yours too. I think that was a good one. How about yeah. best line of episode three? I don't have one for episode three, but I do I've have one, one for episode four. Best. I've I've. I've got, okay, I'll, I'll go over mine and you can agree with mine because it's the best line from the episode, I think. It is. The universe doesn't send messages. It's not sentient. It doesn't give a damn about you and me. I didn't like that this is nihilistic line. So that's it's, why it was I a great line. It I was impactful. It. it stood out. It did stand out. Well, that's that's my rule for a good line. I got my right. episode four line, but all right, episode four. Uh, episode four, favorite character. Hmm. You go first Tough, on this one. isn't it? I'm going to go with Margot. Okay. Fair. Why? Uh, I like seeing her back in her, uh, in her lane, I guess, if that makes sense, right? I mean, she's back in, you know, doing the thing that she's really good at. I liked it. Uh, I also like the fact that we're not just kind of left wondering what's going to happen so much. I mean, she's finally back to work. I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed seeing her kind of show up her uh, peers in this situation again. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go Ed here on this episode with the way he treats uh, Sveta, the way he doesn't care about what the repercussions are with Russia. And he, what's right is to keep her here. We're not going to listen to you guys. We're going to keep her here. I know it's reckless. I know it's not necessarily the thing that you can do. But I, I like the fact that he, he was even going to smuggle her down to the fourth level and just bring her food and stuff. Like, as the type of guy who like probably would go with her, you know, if if need yeah. be. I also liked you know him pretty much telling Palmer like I'm going to walk her. I already said I'm going to do it, and then standing up to Danielle, you know, so. I just like that Ed has no patience for the bullshit of politics that occurs with the upper management that he has to deal with, right? You know, he they're the ones taking the risks and they have to deal with all this geopolitical nonsense, right? Yeah, I do think that's bullshit. I, I agree with I agree with Ed on, on that front. Ed, and Ed's not changed, you know, maybe to a fault in some ways, but largely it's positive in terms of that his principles have remained the same throughout the entire yeah. series. By the way, uh, you mentioned him being blind uh, earlier in this uh, episode we covered. I don't know about blind, but he is going to be in a movie, a Christmas movie, uh, where he is deaf or mute. No, I think he's no, he's mute. He's mute. It's coming out. It's called Silent Night. It's an action movie. Kind of reminds me of John Wick a little bit. It's coming out on Christmas Day or maybe a little bit oh. before. And Joel Kinnaman is the lead, and it, it looks terrific. If you look up the trailer, it looks awesome. So I lit, I just saw the poster for it earlier, but I hadn't looked into it. I'm like, that yeah. looks like uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. So that's yeah. interesting. It I'll is, add that it to is. my list. Favorite scene from episode four, and then we'll get to our line. Uh, probably Miles getting saved. Okay. By Sam. We 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 picked the close one. Mine was Miles getting a suit. He gets his old dated suit and sees the Russian putting on the nice suit. And he's like, yeah, oh, that I want is, that, that one. Is, <laughs> is it wrong of me to kind of root for Miles and Sam here? Uh, immoral, maybe. <laughs> more, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, immoral, but it feels almost like. <laughs> it feels right. <laughs> you know, I mean, feels... there's more chemistry there, clearly. Yeah. I mean, at least on screen. Yeah, maybe it's because we haven't seen him enough with his with his wife for real, but. 
we also don't know what all happened in that situation. True, true, so. true, true. All right. Best line of episode four. Mine is, where is it at? A woman without coffee is a dangerous woman. That's a good one. That is a good one. You know mine already. I think it's I just, do. Yeah. Sorry, it wouldn't shut the fuck up. Oh, that's right. You texted it to me. Yeah. It was Eli. Eli with the bike. That's hilarious. Love it. All right. All righty. Anything else you want to say before we close this thing out? No. I hope you all have a great week and I hope you enjoy this episode doing whatever you love doing wherever you are in the world. And we thank you always for tuning in. So yeah, Zach, to your outro. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of For All Mankind by Story Archives. You can find this wherever you find podcasts, Apple and Spotify podcasts. You can visit a website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. And we have a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. Until next time, pick up the pace. Have pick a up ni- the pace. I was going to say, uh, until next time, have a nice soul. That's a great one, too. Peace. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob.